and welcome back to Pop Topic. We're here to discuss the latest news for the second week of April. I'm your co-host, Quentin Phillips, and, and to help break everything down is Tristan. How are you doing this week? Doing, doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. What's new going on with you? Anything exciting? Not much, man. Same old, really. You know, just working. We're in lockdown again here in Ontario, where I live, so we're back in lockdown, but it doesn't really affect me because I do nothing except go to work and come home, and I'm still doing that, so not much has changed for me personally, but now we're now we're we're officially stuck in house, where previously I was stuck in house by choice. Yeah, that's true. I like how Ontario does. You guys take it way more seriously and, like, lay down the law. Edmonton kind of, like, uh, Alberta over here, we just kind of half-ass it. They're like, guys, can't, like... Yeah. We're getting a lot of cases here. Can we please just like keep it down? We're not going to do anything, but please just keep it down. Yeah, well, you guys live out there in the Wild West, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you, you're... Ontario's more like the strict parent. Like, that's it. You're grounded for two weeks. You're staying inside. And ours is like the more laid-back parent. They're like, all right, your grades suck. This isn't looking too great. But like, you know, you can still do whatever you want. Yeah, Alberta's more like the fun parent, you know? It's like, it's okay, you can still go to the party on Friday night. Yeah, we're all getting wasted and dying slowly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounds about right. So that's Alberta there for you. Um, but I'm that's pretending I'm living in Ontario. I've been cooped up in the house if I'm not working. Yeah, that's pretty much all I do. But in all fairness, I can't blame the pandemic for that. That's just me. Yeah, exactly. This has not changed my life. I'm still watching movies, doing nothing. So it's been the same. Yeah, we seem to be in the tail end of it, hopefully, so... Yeah, it slowly seems like it's getting better, which is good. Seems yeah, like we've already reached opened the up for vaccines here for, you gotta be over 60. So now I'm only 40 years away from getting it, so... You know, we're, we're almost there. You're slowly getting there, Tristan, that's good. People in the States are already getting the vaccines, they're ahead of us now. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. Well, once they all get the vaccine, yeah, I think there's gonna be a lot more being produced, so mm-hmm. hopefully... They send some of them up north, you know? Yeah, and it makes sense. Canada always gets it later. American gets, like, a movie a week before, so, you know, Canada gets it, like, a month later. Sounds about right. Not not anymore. They're all day-and-day releases now. Have you seen any movies lately, Tristan? Got any recommends? I watched the uh, We Work documentary last night. The We Worked? Um, yeah, We Work. Have you heard of the We Work company and the, the whole big debacle with that? I have not. I guess I should watch the documentary. You should, yeah. It's a, it's on. It's a Hulu documentary. It was pretty good. I, I thought that I was wanting to go a little more into the business aspect of what happened, and they said a little more on the socio-cultural kind of aspect of what happened. So it was interesting, but not as hard to facts and numbers as I was one, being someone who's into business and things like that. But the documentary itself was pretty entertaining. It's all about this company um, that basically like buys out like floors in a uh, office buildings, and then they redecorate them and model them to look really modern and sleek and stuff. And then they rent out like desk space to a um, entrepreneurs and things like that, mostly like tech companies and small tech startups and things like that. And they really promoted this as like a culture sort of thing. Like you come in and everyone works together on all these different companies and networking and all that kind of stuff. But they really pushes as being more like a tech company. So they sort of took the Netflix and Uber model where you sell things super cheap to acquire more and more customers and you keep acquiring more and more customers. And you'll figure out how to make money later, right? You just keep worrying about acquiring more, acquiring more, acquiring more. And you figure out making money later. But, of course, they never figure out how to make money. But because this is also real estate, not a tech company, they have 
millions and millions and millions of dollars of overhead that they now got to pay, whereas with Netflix and Uber, there really isn't much overhead. So even though they're not making profit, they can still just acquire, 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 figure out make money later. They're not spending too much money. But in real estate, you're spending millions and millions and millions. And so you can't just keep acquiring and not making a profit. And then everything came tumbling down for them. And they went from a $47 billion evaluation to like next to nothing within like a week. It's a pretty entertaining documentary. Would recommend it if a... Uh, you're into business documentaries or just even recent events. This only happened last year, 2019, I think. Happened before the pandemic. They don't have the pandemic to blame for it, but just before. The oh, okay, that's too bad. That would've been a good blame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they all had to make an extra. Year. They go, ah, it's the pandemic's fault. Like every other company that failed within that year, like Quibi and stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say like Quibi. Yeah. Not our, not our concept. Our concept was phenomenal. It would've worked. Yeah, that would've been a good Quibi move. Yeah. That's yeah, funny because it actually relates to a lot that's going on this week for news. It's funny that you were talking about how they keep acquiring more and more money, similar to Netflix. Uh, I also ended up watching a documentary, not by choice. I did it by mistake, trusted. I was watching the bonus features for The Social Network, and apparently there's an entire documentary on The Social Network that I watched without realizing it. I just thought, oh, okay, I got some free time. I'll watch a 20 minute behind the scenes but no it ends up being a full-length documentary i watched so i watched one was without it about the making to. of the movie or was it about facebook itself of the making of the movie and how they create a story off of facebook while it's still being relevant that's probably still pretty interesting though no i love yeah i i loved it anything to do with social network i like i don't know if it was... yeah i love documentaries i've been watching a good number recently this past week yeah i've only seen I'm not a big documentary guy, but I want to start getting into them. I want to watch the five Oscar-nominated ones for this year, at least. I want to, but there's so many other documentaries that interest me, and none of those really strike my fancy, you know what I mean? But there's other documentaries like, man, that's a really cool topic that I care about. And then there's like my octopus teacher, which I'm sure is great, but it doesn't strike me as something I'm interested in. I you like know? how that was your example, because that's the only one I've seen so far, and I didn't really like it. So You did or you didn't? I didn't. Yeah, well, I've heard. I heard. Like, I feel like it's probably like a really well made documentary. It's just not super interesting story, is what I, from my perspective of it, not watching it. Yeah, I didn't know what it was about going in. I assume based on the title that it would have something to do with an octopus being really smart and teaching children. But no, it was just an octopus swimming in the water. Yeah, yeah. Crip Camp seemed like all the ones. This seems the most interesting one to me of all the ones. Um, being nominated for the ones I know about at least most of them I, I don't really know too much about so but crib camp at least seems pretty interesting that's funny because the other three I haven't touched at all but the ones you keep mentioning I started crib camp I was about 10 minutes in and then I stopped because I went okay my fiance Andrew would love this because it's a seems like a very heartfelt story yeah it so, seems very touching so I'm gonna re I'm gonna watch the whole thing with her because I think she would really like it uh from what I got it seems very good yeah, that one seems that one really seems to be pretty good. One of them's a foreign language documentary, I believe. Yeah, and it's nominated for both best doc and best international film. So, whenever an international movie is nominated for more than just international category, I'm always pretty impressed. And, and you know, it's probably a pretty good doc. Not that I, I have no idea what that one's about. Like, legitimately, don't even know the title of it. But I um, I'm sure that one's pretty solid. It's funny because that happened last year. Uh, foreign film was nominated for documentary and for best foreign film. And it was the first time I think it ever happened because people were because people were like, wait a second, a foreign film can also be nominated for a documentary. Like they just kind of snuck away into getting two Oscar nominations. Like they didn't think that was a thing. And now the year right after did the same thing. So I'm wondering if we'll see more foreign documentaries. 
Almost certainly. I, I would I would think so. Yeah, because it just gives them more representation, right? If you want to watch the foreign films or the documentaries, no matter what, you have to see that one. Yeah, exactly. So I think foreign companies would want to start offering documentaries for the Academy. But uh, we can move on to, I think, the biggest story of the week and really the only story of the week. There's a few others, but the big one has to be what Tristan was just talking about, where companies just spend tons and tons of money to acquire things and worry about the money later. The Sony and Netflix deal. Have you heard of this, Tristan? I have, yeah. I just actually heard about this like maybe 20 minutes ago. Uh, I was watching a video and they started talking about it. And here we are now. We're talking about it. So I know yeah. I know a decent amount, but I, I don't. I haven't read any articles or anything about it. So I don't know too too much. Right. I only read one article. I've seen quite a few videos on this because it seems like it's a pretty big deal. But there is now a deal between Sony and Netflix, where Netflix will acquire exclusive streaming rights to all of Sony's products when they're released. So if a film goes into theaters from Sony. As soon as it's off the theaters, it'll go directly to Netflix for the next 18 months. And this is going to include every film Sony releases for the next four years. Starting in 2022, though, I believe. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not including this year. Which I know a lot of people who are extremely excited for Morbius are furious right now. Yeah, I, I, I think this is a great deal. Uh, we finally see streaming sites, I meaning a, a movie company not want to make their own, you know, Sony Plus or whatever, and instead just putting their stuff on pre-existing Netflix. And I think this is also big for Netflix. It was looking like it was only going to be Netflix originals from now on. It was really looking like with Paramount having their own thing and Universal having Peacock and Disney off having Disney Plus, like only Netflix originals are going to be coming to Netflix, which is still a lot of content, but not as great as it used to be. But now with Sony, another one of the five big movie studios backing Netflix up. I think this is a a win-win for both of them. Oh, yeah. It's a win-win for both. Like you said, it was a great... They were both in the perfect moment at the perfect time to make this work because Sony couldn't make another streaming service. There's so many streaming services. It yeah, I mean, crazy. you could argue they would have just as much to offer as, like, Paramount would. Oh, for sure. More to offer oh, than, say, Apple Plus would. But they're looking, look, either we could enter the streaming service, right, be the last one to end with a... A lineup of movies that, sure, are great movies, but not like Disney comparable, right? No iconic franchises or beloved films. If you ask someone on the street, hey, what's your favorite Sony movie? Most of them won't be able to tell you what a Sony movie is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but Or you can join up with the largest streaming service that already has millions and millions of subscribers around the world and just share in the revenue of that. Makes sense to me. No, I agree. Sony... I think made the best move they could. Having their own streaming service would have been relatively successful. I think they would have done okay. Like you said, it's better than some of the other services out there. The Spider-Man stuff in particular, especially if you say they did like a, a Tom Holland Spider-Man like television show of some sort, they could have done something like that. That would have brought people in alone. You know, things like that I think they could have done, but that would have cost a lot of money to make and a lot of money to advertise, whereas they can just sign up with Netflix and keep doing what they're doing and just have the money come in. You know what I mean? Just print a money machine kind of thing. Exactly. Warner Brothers and Disney have products and names that you know. Sony has Spider-Man, and that's really the only name, I think. I well, think... Well, it's probably the chance of meatballs movies. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Obviously, there's other ones, like they have the Jumanji series, and they have like a few franchises that 
are going to be fun and excited. Same with Uncharted that's coming out in a year's time. So they have a few good films, but are those going to be a reason why someone's going to subscribe to an entirely new service? It's not like Warner Brothers, which has Harry Potter, DCEU, and a new movie from theaters directly on there every month, or Disney, which and, is just and Disney. HBO, which HBO was already a premium channel that you'd pay a subscription to for decades now, right? And so people who already had HBO, it's only like five dollars more now, and you get all this extra stuff. Or I think it's actually even the same price as HBO, depending on what you're paying for HBO and your your, your deal you had. Um, so it's really not even that bad because HBO already costs a pretty near the same price, and you can also from HBO plus all this extra stuff. And right now, it, just getting basically for free right for the same price i agree in my opinion hbo max i don't even have it but i think it's like aside from netflix it would be the best service i think it also has all of ghibli it has it has a crap ton and well, Dis- HBO max, netflix already has all of ghibli also We're well that's well ghibli. that that's in america netflix doesn't have it hbo max has it but because oh okay i don't know that it's it's one of their big exclusives yeah but because we don't have hbo max that Studio Ghibli just have like had like a contract with Netflix for Canada. So I was gonna go to Crave. Most of HBO. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I'm surprised it didn't. As soon as HBO Max is announced that they are coming to Canada, I'm gonna binge. Well, I guess I'd get HBO Max either way. But I was gonna say I, I would. If you're not gonna get HBO Max, binge Ghibli because it's gonna be gone. Our brother's already binging Ghibli. He's been watching a good number of them. Yeah, he's beating me now. Yeah, he's meeting me also. Even Jada. Jada's watching a number one with him. That's awesome. But yeah, yeah so I, I think... Spirited Away with him. Spirited Away is... That's all. I wasn't expecting that movie to be so weird. That was a weird movie. Yeah, I need to rewatch it. I uh, I haven't seen... Well, I saw it a few times when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it. You know, excuse me, I, I remember us watching it when we were kids. I don't think we ever made it past the part. Spoilers alert for, I guess, a 20-year-old movie. Uh, when they turned into pigs, when the parents turned into pigs, I think we, we got nightmares and turned it off. Oh, I know. I, I, def- uh, I definitely got nightmares from it, but I, I thought we yeah. still watched it. I just don't remember much after that. I, I, I don't remember anything after them turning into pigs. Oh, really? I remember we both got real spooked about them turning into pigs. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe we turned it off, but we definitely, well, not we, but I definitely watched it again later. Well, when I was at a girlfriend's house, she really liked it, so I watched it. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. I, I didn't. Yeah. So. I definitely seen it before, but I still don't remember too much about it. I remember the pig thing because yeah. that's was scarring, and uh, well, yeah, that's about it. It was weird. It wasn't bad. It was pretty entertaining, but it was it was wacky. Yeah, I imagine it would be. Going back to the Sony deal, yeah, I agree with you, Trista. I don't think they had much of a route for their own streaming service. They could have, and they could have been like the fifth best and waving their little flag, like, "Hey guys, we're here. You can check us out every now and then." But I don't think they would ever be a huge competition. And Netflix, like you said, is pretty much only their own content now. Like they don't have these big companies anymore because they're all doing their own streaming services. So Netflix needs a big company like Sony. So they really needed each other here. Netflix is throwing a lot of money on this. They really want Sony here. They're paying them $1 billion for this deal. I, I still think this is a win-win. I think this is great for Netflix. A billion dollars is a lot, but they're spending close to that for their own stuff. And they're still going to be spending lots, you know, pretty close to that for their own stuff. Now it's basically like, we said there's five big production companies. There's basically six now. Netflix is pretty much, you know, producing just as many movies and television shows as any of the other big five production companies are. So they basically have both the Netflix production company and the Sony. 
both together now, right? So this is this is I think they're for sure gonna be having the most movies, the most television shows onto Netflix compared to any of the other ones. Yeah, well, the thing is, Netflix was having the most without the Sony deal, but now that they're getting the extra Sony content, it's just gonna make their service more exciting. I think. Yeah, well, I think with the Netflix originals, a lot of time, not all the time, but a lot of quantity over quality. I mean, most of the, I know they're getting like a movie every week, but how many of those movies are? Oh, I agree. Good at all, you know? No, no, I agree. Most of it's just to scratch your head, like really, this is what we're putting the money in. But yeah, they they do love to have a good amount of quality. They do have some quant. Sorry, they do like to have a lot of quantity. They do have some quality in their films, but uh, absolutely, especially coming around Oscars time, right? Because yeah. they always have a big Oscar push now. It seems like they they really want that Best Picture win. Um, who they make it this year? We don't know, but um. Yeah, I would be surprised if they did, but they could. We'll see. I think they're really hoping Mank would be their big shot, but it's looking like Trial is their only their only chance. Yeah, Trial is their only chance in my mind, and even then, it's looking slimmer and slimmer every week. But it's looking like Nomadland's, you know. Yeah, it really looks like it's one of the more most obvious winners of quite some time. It looks like it's very obviously that. Yeah. I'm more. I still have a couple of best pick noms I haven't seen yet, but uh, which ones haven't you seen yet? Judas and the Black Messiah and the Father. I saw them. Uh, okay. I, I might get around to watching one of them tonight. You should. They're they're both really oh, good. Yeah. I'm excited for both, especially Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm really really excited for Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. I just I've been I just have never gotten around to watching it yet. I'm, even though I'm super stoked for it. It's one of the movies I'm most excited for this year. I think right now. But yeah. Andrea preferred the Father, but I definitely prefer Judas and the Black Messiah. The Father seems really really good, but Judas and the Black Messiah seems like more like my kind of, you know. Yeah. No, Even if it sure. wasn't out here about picture or anything, it's supposed to be like a movie I think I'll be interested in watching. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, for me, Judas the Black Messiah is the third best of the eight nominees, and The Father's the second worst. I still really liked The Father, but... Second worst, really? Uh, well, I have all all eight nominees are in four star or higher out of five. Like, I liked all of them. So is Nomadland your number two? Um, no, Nomadland is number four. Okay, so what do you have in between Judas and Promising? Uh, Sound of Metal. Right. Sorry, Nomadland's actually number three. Judas is number four. Oh, okay. Because I figured, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Nomadland was was good. It was a really well done movie. It just wasn't. It was a little boring, you know. It was. It was a little. I kind of like the slow pace. For me, I'm it's just... a slow burn. It. It. it yeah, but. Uh, yeah, for me, I really like Nomadland in the same way I liked First Cow and Promising, or sorry, uh, and Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I feel like all of them are more just like experiences. I like, felt like I was with the character, enjoying. Or even never the really, sometimes always have about to put in there for like a. And that one's for me most of an experience in the movie. The narrative itself of it was, it was yeah. more like. Almost, almost sort of like a, not a documentary, obviously, but it felt most of it more like a showing you the steps of having to go through an abortion rather than actually telling you a movie with characters and, and you know stakes yeah. and emotion it was more like uh, these this is how hard it is to get an abortion if you're i would say nomad lane is the closest to feeling like a documentary for being scripted considering all of the nomads were actual nomads true yeah both of those two very much feel like like scripted documentaries almost yeah so i definitely got documentary vibe from it so uh, especially like, even some of like interviews with the cameras and stuff right yeah nomad land no for sure it Everything about it yeah. felt very real. I think that's what was interesting about it. I think but, First Cow is my favorite of the four of them, though. Um, they're all really... Know. First Cow, Portrait, and Nomad are all really close for me. 
they're all bangers. Yeah. But yeah, the Sony and Netflix deal ended up coming to $1 billion. Netflix, for the deal, has a few different guidelines. One of them, as we've already said, it gets 18 months of the film right after it's done in theaters. So as soon as it's out of theaters, maybe there's like a week window, but it's pretty much right afterwards. It goes straight on Netflix. Yeah, Sony, correct me if I'm right here, Sony isn't one of the movie studios. I know Warner Brother and I want to say Universal, I'm pretty sure, have both side of the contracts with like Regal and AMC saying they only have 45-day exclusivity in theaters rather than a 90-day. But I don't think Sony has a contract yet, right? So it's still 90-day in theaters before it's going to be on Netflix, not the 45-day, right? Probably. They might sign the deal soon, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think for now it's still a long time in theaters. Still the 90-day. So three months in theaters, then it'll be all right on pretty much, uh, probably the day after, like so maybe a week after, but Netflix. Yeah, it'll be on Netflix pretty soon. There, but... but the one thing that's interesting is, let's just say hypothetically – Morbius is coming out next week. It's in theaters for three weeks. Sorry, it's in theaters for three months. Now it's in Netflix for 18 months. So in two years' time, Morbius can now pop into another streaming service, even though Netflix has this deal for three years. Yeah, but besides like Netflix and Amazon, it's not like Disney or or you know like a uh, Paramount Plus or HBO. They're only going to be doing their own stuff, right? Yeah. Are they ever going to try bringing other production companies' movies onto their services, or will they still just be like Amazon and Netflix that are bringing in a hodgepodge of, of production companies? That's movies? true. Yeah, Disney would never do it. Disney wants to have theirs just purely be their content. So, yeah, yeah. Which I, and I, I like from my my understanding, I think the other ones are the same, right? Yeah. I think what's good about Disney is if it's on the service, it's there. I, To my knowledge, I don't know a movie that was on the service that they removed. It seems whatever is there, it will be there in three months' time. It's always reliable. The one question about- This is about not it, true. This is not all right. Oh. Over, so over the beginning of like the pandemic era, right? They did two of like the uh, the, the Disney family sing-along like movies. Did you see those? Did you see them on there at least? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't. Think I so. watched both. There's two of them, all right? So I okay. watched both of them. And then over the summer, they came up with a third one. That was just Disney Channel specifically. Disney Channel, like, Summer Jam or whatever, right? But I procrastinated on that one. Watch now. Okay, I'll watch it later. I'll watch it later. Come, like, October, I wanted to watch it. It's no longer on there. I think because it's called Summer Jam, they took it off when it wasn't the summer. And so <sighs> when I went in October wanting to watch Disney Channel Summer Jam, I was real mad that it wasn't there anymore. <laughs> Only Tristan would be upset that Summer Jam isn't there in October. Yeah, come June, it better freaking be there, Disney. Or I'm calling up with a real real angry phone call. They're just going to get one angry tweet from Tristan. Where the hell is the Disney Channel Summer Jam? Yeah. I've been right. all year for this. All right, I retract my statement. Uh, clearly, they lost a fan with the Summer Jam disappearing. But aside from Summer Jam, I think Disney's pretty reliable. I just Their content's always there. Uh, I don't know what's up with HBO Max, but they removed the Harry Potter movies like a week after it was out there. Like they they keep pulling and putting stuff back in. Like it's so wild over there. Like I yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, especially the Harry Potter. Harry Potter is one of their biggest franchises on there. Yeah, just keep it right? there. I, I don't understand their point. I, I really think they're still locked in with other contracts. Yeah, said, ah, it's definitely still contract. Let's put Harry Potter up right now, just anyways. And then they got in trouble. Like, All right, we'll take it down. They wanted it there for the launch, right? Because they want people, you know. Pay for it. And be, oh yeah, we got all the Harry Potter movies. And 
and take them out like a week later because they actually weren't supposed to be on there to begin with. Yeah, no, I agree. I think they have to fill out some contracts first. I'm sure HBO Max will soon be just like Disney where they have their content there consistently. And I think that's what's good about those services is it's very consistent. Netflix isn't. That's one caveat to Netflix. Uh, they have like an 18-month contract and then it's gone. Yeah, and I don't know that bothers our brother a lot. He claims he likes Disney and the other one's better because of that. He hates how movies, when they're on Netflix, they don't stay on Netflix, which I understand. Um, but you're also saying how you don't think Disney would ever want to put other people's movies on their site. Do you think that includes these Spider-Man MCU movies? Those are part of the MCU. Do you think they're going to want to bring like those movies in just so they have the whole MCU there? Or do you think they'll just never bother? I do think they were really wanting the Spider-Man MCU. I think they were going to do a contract just for the two MCU movies because, I don't know, I would assume Disney Plus would want their entire MCU catalog there. It is weird that it's not, but this Sony deal, to Netflix's credit, I don't know if they knew this going in, but they are preventing Disney from once again having their full collection. So both of the Mm -hmm. Spider-Man movies are going to be on their service. Well, they've already been on Netflix for a while now. Yeah, both of them have been on Netflix, at least here in Canada, I don't know about in the States, they've been on Netflix for a while right now. Yeah, I'm not too sure about the States, it's hard to know what is what, but at least if they aren't there in the States, they will be soon, because part of this contract, also to Netflix's credit, is every single Sony previous product is going to now be on their service. Yeah, and I feel like with Sony, even after the 18-month exclusivity window, I feel they might say go away for a bit to go on other streaming services, but then like after another year, they'll probably come back to Netflix and stay there for a while. I can't see Sony not just keeping all the movies on Netflix. You know what I mean? Well, I also just think it's the 18-month window, and then Sony then has the chance to offer a deal. Like, oh, hey, give us $2 million, and we'll keep it there on your service for another 18 months. Like, It's just a way for them to get a little bit more money out of it. I think they plan Yeah, they probably renegotiate at that point. And isn't there also something in this new deal about a, um, a content from Sony coming to Netflix? Yeah, so Sony also has direct movies, like movies that aren't going out to theaters. I don't know if they have TV shows, but movies for sure that just go directly to Vudu or whatever whatever sites you can get them online. And all those direct movie content that they have, Netflix in this deal has the first, that has like the option to say yes or no to it. They can say, yes, we want it then they can make a deal as to how much they'll pay to have it on their service. But no matter what movie they send, Netflix will always get the first offer. Netflix is the one that gets it first. If they want it, they can have it. If they don't, then they have the permission to go to another service company and offer the same deal. They can't like offer a ridiculous deal to Netflix. Once they say no, they can offer it for a lower price to someone else. Yeah, so I feel like they're probably taking most of the movies. Yeah, it, the fact that this is part of the deal sounds like they plan on, maybe they have their eye on a few of the options and not all of them. So they're like, okay, you can offer it to us first and if we want it, then we'll have it. And do you think now that Sony has this sort of relationship built with Netflix, they might be making some more movies straight for streaming service to put right on Netflix. Like, hey, Netflix got this really great idea. They maybe even pitch it to them before they make the movie. Go, you know, we want to make this movie. Can we throw it right up on your site for so and so much money? And Netflix was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Put it on. We, you know, we'll advertise it one of our big summer movie releases on straight to Netflix, like, uh, you know, Morbius 2 or whatever kind of thing. Exactly. Right? I think Sony is going to want to keep this relationship with Netflix going strong because it's looking great now. They just made a billion dollars for a four-year contract. 
But when that contract is over and Netflix has already soaked the profit out of Jumanji and Spider-Man, like they don't have too many big name franchises, Sony probably wants to make a lot of extra content for Netflix, a lot of new franchises potentially that can do that can succeed in Netflix. So then in four years time, Netflix and maybe other companies are now going to be offering another billion or more for their content. Do you think now that they have this with Netflix, we will ever see the Emoji Movie 2? <laughs> I don't know. That would be pretty funny. I think they need to give the people what they want. And of course, Emoji Movie 2 will introduce Bitmoji and stuff like that. You know, the animated face-moving emojis and all that kind of stuff. It'll be, it'll be a, you know, a really world-building kind of thing with this whole extended emoji universe. To be fair, uh, the Emoji Movie is definitely something that Netflix would like. Uh, Netflix... I think it's already on Netflix. It's been on Netflix for a while now. That's yeah, true. Thing, I think a lot of Sony movies have already been on Netflix for a while. And I think they've already had a pretty good relationship. Right. Which is sort of coming out as like a cementing Sony is backing Netflix. Like Sony is now behind Netflix. Sony is pushing Netflix to be the streaming service that they want. Right. That's that you know they're putting their all their eggs in that basket kind of which is awesome i've always been a big netflix fan so more support for netflix yeah. the better this is basically like in civilization when you can declare your friendship with another nation you know what i mean <laughs> we're declaring our friendship even though you've already been trading the entire game but now you're declaring your friendship so everyone else knows yeah it just makes it official for the other companies and for us it's just great to see that this is the route sony's taking because i feel like people weren't too aware of it yeah and this of the, this is the only now of the big movie production companies that doesn't have their own streaming service right they were the only ones yeah um that's uh and in fairness yeah i think a billion for four years and they're not they're pretty much just going to continue doing what they're doing yeah, I think that's a pretty good deal. They're still going to go to the theaters. This is exactly what. Yeah, they're, really, they're still going to go to theaters, so they're not. You know, they're getting all the money from the theaters. This is basically just. In, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's a great deal for Sony. I think they killed it. I think Paramount or Universal. I think they should have done something like this. Yeah, Paramount in particular. Paramount Plus seems like a. Yeah, that one seems a little weird. Like, like at least Universal has you know, all the Friends and Netflix, which are the most streamed shows in the world, right? So they, I can see them thinking people are going to be willing to pay like six bucks a month or seven bucks a month, whatever it is, to stream those two shows plus all the other movies you get, you know, Jurassic Park and Fast and Furious. So that makes a little more sense to me. With with Paramount, you got like what? The CBS reality shows and then Paramount movies? Nickelodeon stuff. I guess Nickelodeon stuff on Paramount. Awesome yeah but also you're right universal is probably like oh yeah maybe we can make like six bucks from like a few people to watch these shows but if they could make close to a billion dollars just from making a deal with netflix like i don't know if netflix was wanting universal but i feel like a billion dollars for four years do you think the universal site plus them running the site and how much work it would make to make unique content for it is it worth the money that they're getting that's a good point. So that means that Sony's making $250 million a year, right? A billion for four years. So $250 million a year. So let's say Paramount Plus. I'm, I'm going to run some numbers here. We're going to do some math right now, Quentin, all right? All right. $250 million. That's a big number. Just type that into my calculator. That's a, that's a massive-looking number. Divided by $6. Well, $6 a month, 6 times 12 would be how much we you paying a year? Say it's $6 a month. 
and I, I know the service costs more than six dollars a month, but you also have to pay to run it, right? So we'll just say, let's say they're making six dollars a month off of membership. They're not. They're making way less. But we can say they are. We can round up. So six dollars times twelve. What's that math, Quentin? That'd be six. That'd be seven, seventy-two dollars a year. So seventy-two dollars. You need three and a half million paying subscribers a year. Three and a half million. And that's being generous. Yeah, that's uh, realistically they're probably making about four dollars a month, if that. Yeah, if that, because they still have to make unique content for the service. That's true. Are, do, do they have any original content for Peacock? Like, what original content is on Peacock? I'm sure it's not original. much, but I feel like the start of every service has like three or four little things. Like Disney Plus had no well. Yeah. I know they have the exclusive streaming rights for the Olympics, for the 2020 Olympics, which now are the 2021 Olympics. But so that, that 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 probably wasn't cheap, and that's a pretty that's a pretty big thing. Yeah. You got to think they're going to bump in numbers once that comes that once that hits. You know, I mean, that's a pretty cool thing to be able to stream. Yeah, so I'm sure it's possible they could be making more than that, but I just think Sony's doing no extra work, no unique c- content for their service. They don't have to run the service. Uh, quick, easy $1 billion, and they call it a day. Not too bad. I agree, yeah. This really this seems to make a lot of sense for me. And the fact that they're still bringing they have the full theatrical runtime in 90 days. Honestly, I, I think Sony's going to want to keep the 90-day theatrical runtime. Why wouldn't they? They're going to be making money the entire time it's in theaters. And then after the 90 days, they put it in, in onto Netflix. That's a good point. You know what I mean? No, that's a really good point. And I mean, yeah, Peacock, the, apparently Peacock has 33 million subscribers. Wow. Oh, wait, but Peacock has a free a free option. Oh, it? yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. No, I, th- I thought they had All 33 million are paying. Yeah. Continue with the Netflix stories here. There's another one. That I think is quite interesting. Netflix just threw a billion dollars at Sony, and they just announced the budget of Noah Baumbach's newest project. For those that aren't aware, Noah Baumbach was the director of the Netflix original Marriage Story. And so, yeah, a fantastic film. And this time around, he has a budget of $80 million. There's no way Marriage Story made costed eighty billion dollars to make. Yeah, I, I a pretty big upgrade. I took the budget of him, Tristan. Marriage Story had a budget of eighteen million. Yeah, I, I assume it would be like something like that. It was only it was a drama film. Only a couple locations they really filmed in. You know, only a few characters. Yeah, I think honestly a lot of that would probably go into their cast. Yeah, um, obviously they had some big names: Scarlett Johansson, Lord Ern, Adam Driver. You know, big, pretty decently big names. Really big um, names, yeah. For a Netflix movie. So, so I, I think a lot of that probably went to, 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 to the actors. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Which, hey, if you make that kind of movie for, what, what would that be, one-fifth of this budget? That's pretty... See what he does with the five times budget size. This yeah. is going to be a pretty good movie here. I'm guessing this is going to be more of an action or, you know, a, a genre that's not just like a drama, right? I no, assume. I'm pretty sure it's just a drama. Really? Maybe it must have a killer cast and like a real ensemble. Well, we know the two leads. Do we? Okay. Well, yeah, this was announced a few weeks ago. Yeah, the two leads is Adam Driver and Lady Gaga. Oh. So, so this, this guy, guy probably just likes Adam, Adam Driver. It seems to be, you know, certain, yeah. some directors have relationships like Quentin Tarantino and Samuel L. Jackson, right? Where they just work together a lot. Or right. Tim Burton, For sure. Johnny Depp, um, those kind of things. Yeah. But uh, one thing that I've I've seen a few Noah Baumbach films, I think I've seen like four, maybe five. I've seen quite a few of them. All of them, by the way, 
24 million or lower are the budget. Like this one is four times the budget of his second highest budget. So he, or I guess not four times, but close to like, he's getting way more for this one than the other films. But yeah, 80, 80 million. I'm curious as to where this is going to go because it's based off of a book. I haven't read the book cause I don't read, but <laughs> I have seen on Twitter, a lot of people going, this is just a drama, like a relationship drama, similar to marriage story. They're confused as to why this is going to cost so much. Maybe there's going to be an element to it that we don't see coming. I'm curious as to where they're getting this budget. But yeah, like a movie with a big budget is cool and all, but only if you're using the budget for something, you know, you have to use the budget. You can't have lots of money for like a regular looking sets. Like even yeah. if it looks like a really, really great looking set, that only costs so much money. It's like a house or an office building or whatever this takes place in. Yeah. I'm assuming Lady Gaga isn't cheap. Realistically, that's what I was about to say. I'm I'm a little worried that like 30 million of the budget is for Lady Gaga. Like I hope it's not just to get one actress. Yeah, and she was great and all, and you know, um, Star is the Born. Star is the Star is Born. That's the one I couldn't remember. But but no offense to her or anything, she's not Scarlett Johansson. You know what I mean? Like, like is this nope. going to be better story now because she's on it and she's taking half the budget? Compared to say Marriage Story was with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I agree. Like Marriage Story is eighteen million, and I thought Scarlett Joe was fantastic. I think they could yeah, definitely it, get it, great actors. Arguably the best Netflix original movie you know that they've made so far. I would think. Probably yeah, that I, or Uncut Gems, in my opinion. Yeah, probably one. No, I agree. I think those are my top two. But Uncut Gems was also bought by Netflix, so it's a Netflix film, but it wasn't made by Netflix, right? Oh, fair enough. Okay, so yeah. So you're right. So that'd be Adam Sandler's production, right? Uh, he's a twenty-four. Oh, that's A24, okay. Right. Yeah. I'm not, it wasn't Happy, you mean that wasn't a Happy Madison movie, Quentin? <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise. I think all <laughs> Happy Madison movies now just go straight to Netflix. Okay. I think so, yeah. I think, uh, I, I don't think it's a billion dollar deal like Sony, but yeah, I think no. they, <laughs> I think they got a deal. It, it makes sense though, because like, they're crowd, they're, they're gonna be cheap to make and they're, they're crowd pleasers, man. Do you know how many people I know that watched The Wrong Missy and loved it? Like, I know so many people who like that movie. They're just crowd pleasers. Yeah, Happy Madison's a perfect streaming company, like, yeah. franchise. It really is. And it gives, like, like Bates, Adam Sandler, and his buddies the money and range to do whatever the hell they want. Want to make a stupid movie about trick-or-treating? Go for it. Like, like, like fuck it. We yeah. got the money. So we'll trade to Netflix anyways. Yeah, no, it's great. But uh, I hope this is great. I loved Marriage Story. I've seen a lot of Noah Baumbach's other films, and I didn't like them. So I hope that maybe he's just learned how to make better films. And this wasn't just a one a one hit wonder like Marriage Story was. Um, but all of his films that I've noticed, Tristan, every single one of them, the male lead is just him. Like Noah Baumbach just makes movies about his life. Oh, really? Yeah. So Noah Baumbach actually went through a divorce because he cheated on his significant other with somebody in his play. And Adam Driver's character is going through a divorce because he cheated on his significant other with somebody in his play. So it's like... He literally just takes moments of his life and puts them on screen, which, you know, works. There's no issue with using your own life experiences to tell a story. But I'm just saying this one's based off of a book and not off of his personal life, it looks like. I'm sure Adam Driver is still going to be his character. Like, it's still going to be acting like Noah Baumbach. But I am curious how an $80 million budget is going to kind of change things. It, it has to be like Halfway through the movie, aliens are going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wild uh, I, I'm shocked as to what the price of this is this is filmed 
in Europe, so that could be part of it. I it's not filmed in the states, so maybe that's a bit to it. I mean, that would add to the budget for sure. But eighty million is a lot. Yeah, yeah, eighty million is a lot. A Joker was fifty million. Yeah. So I mean, I guess that was mostly just a drama, right? It's sort of a superhero movie. The worst one was like real special. It's a couple gunshots, and that was really it, right? Right, right. But there's a lot of sets and a lot of people, and. There, there was actually like there was some big moments that you don't see That's too much true. in Noah Baumbach's film, so I'm curious as to what the eighty will do. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's, he's just getting paid like fifteen million. No? Yeah, but like Irishman was an extremely expensive film, and that was two hundred million to make. You're right. Maybe this movie is just four hours long. Honestly, uh, I would love a four-hour marriage story. So if he if he can strike gold again, I wouldn't mind four hours. I'd be okay with that. I, like, that's got to be the reason why yeah, Irishman was three and a half hours with three big-name actors and a big-name director, all of which made bank on that movie, I'm sure. And then they had the whole technology, right? the de-aging technology. Yeah, the de-aging, I heard, was the real reason why it cost a lot. Yeah, that'd be where most of the budget went. And then... All- and then also, like, there was lots of sets. They, they filmed in different countries. You know I mean? They had some scenes, like, in the like, Bahamas or whatever, too. Yeah. So, like... The Irishman's huge. I should rewatch it, but it is a huge film. Like, it's a legitimate Scorsese film. It's not some streaming service movie. No. I mean, I think Netflix just really think that would be... That was the ticket to win Best Picture. I really think they thought, this is the one, guys. Who wouldn't? It was Scorsese, great. We got Nero, we got Pesci, you know, Pacino. Is this a hot take? I'm telling you right now. If they saved this movie for 2020, they would have won. Like, this would have been the winner. You think the Irishman would, would have been the winner? You, like, no offense to Promising Young Woman and Nomadland and The Father, but I think a Scorsese-directed film during, like, the time of COVID, like, during COVID, like, where you're stuck indoors, so why not watch a four-hour movie? I feel like it would have really peaked. Yeah, that's that's fair. I feel like the I mean, Irishman probably also would have won this year, though. In all fairness, what right? Marriage Story probably also would have won this year. They would have Yeah, I think it still would have done well. It's no Bombag isn't really beloved by the Academy, and I think Nomad Lanes does have a ton of hype. So it might it would have been closer. I do think Marriage Story uh, had a much better chance than their other films this year. Yeah, well, much like you, Quentin, I think they really thought me. The one that would win it. I remember back in the summer, you're like, Make's gonna win Best Picture no matter what. Before yeah. the movie came out, I'm like, What are you talking about? The movie's not even out yet. Because every year there's those movies that like, everyone's like, oh, it's gonna win before the movie comes out. I'm like, it's bullshit. You can't tell before the movie comes out. It's that's ridiculous. fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I, a lot of people have thought Make had it for sure. Me. Uh, and to be fair, I would still be happy with a Make win. I love Make. But... I'd be shocked though. I'd <laughs> be, I'll be flabbergasted. I would actually like Make to win because. The world would burn. Like I have, pe- I have friends online that hate this movie, and it, yeah, they I have would no hate, no hate at all. I think it was a good movie. I think it was a little too convoluted, um, but it was. I didn't think it was a bad movie at all. It, it just doesn't have a chance in Halloween. I agree. No, I completely agree. I think the the film is beautifully directed, beautifully shot. The actors are fantastic. Like, I think Minari has a significantly better chance than the main stuff. I think it's Nomadland. I don't think anyone else is really a contender. I think there might be like an, there's a chance of an upset, and if it is, it's either Minari or Promising Young Woman. I think they. Have... Oh, not trial anymore, right? Eh? I'm starting to get a little off on trial. As Sorkin didn't get the director nomination, and then trial, I don't know. It did win the SAG last week, so it's getting some hype again. Maybe. 
But yeah, 80 million for Bombback, a billion for Sony. Uh, this week, Netflix really emptied their wallets. Yeah, they're really they're really coming in strong here. Plus, we talked about last week they did the two movie contract with Knives Out. Yeah, that's true. We're talking about how it's crazy that all that comes with eighty million budget. They paid four hundred million dollars for two Knives Out movies. What the hell are they doing with that? First, it'll take place in one setting. Sure, there's a large cast, but one setting. You know what I mean? Like how the hell is that two hundred million dollars to make? Actually, that's a pretty fair point, Tristan. You got a good point. A billion sounds crazy, but that is every Sony movie for the next four years. Knives Out is two movies for four hundred million. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They paid about about double for for all of Sony's content. Yeah, that's worth like like it was, it was about two point five times the amount. They paid two point five times every Sony movie for four years. There's a lot of movies, a lot of big movies, you know. Spider-Man films and Jumanji movies and original animated programs like like movies like the new Spider-Verse movies, Spider-Gwen, all that kind of stuff coming out within those four years, all to Netflix right after it leaves theaters. Yeah, that's a good point. A lot of content, man. It's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, and then Netflix is killing it. People that are saying, "Oh, Netflix doesn't have any good content." I'm I I love Netflix and. Uh, they have Fincher now directing their next couple of movies. They announced the name yeah. The Killer, I think is his next film. And they had just came out with that movie called Bad Trip. And I'm like, Quentin, I didn't hate it. I thought it was pretty decent. <laughs> oh, you watched it? Yeah, me, Dad, and Hayden all watched it. And they, uh, we all agreed that, you know, it was, it was all right. It was pretty fun. You know, had some had some good laughs in there. Yeah, uh, I gave it half a star. Um, it might be a one. I might have been a little too hard. I still... <laughs> I still think it's horrible, but I'm glad other people like it. It's a fine movie. Yeah, it, honestly, I'm the I'm the outlier. This is not me saying the movie sucks. I'm just saying I've I've an off taste on this one. I I didn't like it, but I'm sure it's good. Yeah, well, it wasn't bad. Yeah, uh, and I think to make up for bad trip, I've been watching a lot of my personal favorites. I've just been rewatching movies this week, so I, I gotta get that taste out of my mouth. So thanks, Netflix. I had one other news, but I think I already forgot it. Uh, anything going on with you, Tristan, this week? Any any updates on your end? Well, I watched the uh, the director's cut of Watchmen last night with Hayden, or I guess yesterday, the entire day. It's a three and a half hour movie. Oh my gosh! I don't know Zack Snyder to you know like extended cuts being so freaking long all the time. It wasn't bad. Uh, Hayden really hated it, but I enjoyed it. Oh right, this is uh, another Snyder film. I, I should start watching his movies. I've seen all of his movies. Uh, not my favorite director, but he's not bad. So you even saw that Owl movie, Legends of the Guardians? Yeah, I've seen that one. That so, one wasn't bad at all. That one, that, one, that, one, that one was pretty solid. So if Snyder's not in your bottom five directors, what would be like your bottom... Well, let's just say like your... Like, just go to some of your least favorites. You don't need to like have a set list. I don't think I have people that I hate that much, man. I'm not that hateful. Well, I'm not saying who's who do you hate. I'm just saying who, which director, if they announced, hey, Tristan, a $100 million Netflix film, because that's normally how much they throw at a movie nowadays. A $100 million movie has this person, this person, kind of excited. Here's the name. This is the director. When you hear the director's name, which would get you the least excited? Especially for a Netflix original made by this director. For sure the person who directed, uh, I'm thinking of ending things. 
Like, that was 100%. No, because every problem I had with that movie was 100% the director's fault. Like, the, the issue I had with that movie wasn't the, you know, the cinematography or the acting or, or you know, that was entirely the scriptwriter and the director's fault. So, you know, like, of course, if someone who I didn't like their vision in a movie, that that's for sure a key example. Um, just didn't care. I'm only it. laughing because you just saw one of his movies and you're like, he is, that movie was so bad, I don't care what else he's made. He's the worst. Yeah, like, well, what other movies has he made? Uh, he's only made a few. He made Synecdoche, New York, and Omnilisa. Yeah, I never, okay, so he's only made three movies, and I've only seen one, and it's a real stinker. Yeah. So that, that's that's a pretty good pretty good reason, I would think. I've seen Omnilisa. It's pretty good. I don't know. Like, I, like, here's the thing. I like most movies I watch. I like, I would say, 90 to 95% of the movies I watch. I, at the very least, enjoy. You know what I mean? There are a few movies that I absolutely hate. Yeah, it's, so like, I agree with you. You yeah, haven't most seen directors I like. Most directors I like. Most directors, yeah, you know, Snyder stuff is far from the best. It's just not really my kind of stuff. I find the I find this stuff too serious. He has a very serious tone with his movies, and I'm just not a serious guy. But I I, I respect the stories he tells. I think I think he's, he has an eye for cinematography, and and he he, he normally has pretty pretty decent stories. But yeah, too serious. The tone, the tone of the movies are, are, are a little too serious for me. Um, but I, I respect his movies most. That's fair. I think Snyder would be my least favorite. I've only seen three of his movies, I think. But uh, like you said, I, I don't hate the guy. If, if they said, oh, Quentin, uh, a movie that you're interested in, sounds really good. Who directs it? Snyder? I'm not instantly going to go, oh, I'm not interested anymore. I'm going to be cautiously optimistic but like i just i don't hate snyder i just don't like uh i just don't like the movies he makes i just think the uh i'm not a big superhero yeah, guy well, most of the movies he makes is also dc movies right i think like like over 50 percent of this catalog dc movies I yeah think. and you're not a superhero guy um yeah that's why i don't really have much ill will towards him i don't like superheroes this movie are often just too freaking long yeah, uh, you can't make an hour and a half like movie to save his life. Yeah, they're always so long. Yeah, and I think that's why I think he's my least favorite director just by default because I've seen the three hundred. I don't like long movies. I don't like superhero movies, and I don't like action movies. And that's pretty much all of his movies. Yeah, every one of his movies either action, or something, I would think, yeah. or owls, or owls. Yeah, so maybe I'll like that one. Maybe that will. And that one's around. the shortest movie, also. That's the shortest. I've movie. seen that. I know. I looked up the length of all of his movies, and yeah, that's the shortest. So. Yeah, maybe I will like that one because yeah, the rest of them I I just don't like the movies he makes. I don't really hate him as a director. I think uh, if I hear a director, I associate it to his past movies, and I just assume that they're going to be connected to that. But like normally, the direction I don't have any ill will towards any of the directors. It's just the content they make. I'm not a Snyder hater, but I think by default he's my least favorite. I don't really know any other directors I actively don't get excited for. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, and to be fair, like you said about Charlie Kaufman, the director of I'm Thinking of Ending Things, he's only made three. I haven't seen Synecdoche, New York, but I've been told that it's very similar to I'm Thinking of Ending Things with its confusing storylines. Oh, probably sucks. So you probably would hate that. I think your best shot at thinking the guy is decent is Omnilisa because it's, it's an adult animated film. Oh. I like animated films. Yeah, so I think the fact that it's animated might win you over a little. Maybe. It was good. I liked it. 
Yeah, well, you like some freaking thinking of ending things too, so your opinion means nothing. That's fair. I think I'm thinking of ending things is better than Omnalisa, so. You think that movie's better than Bad Trip? And that, that's just not. <laughs> I think there's very few movies worse than Bad Trip, but. Yeah, I know, and that's one of them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think uh, Bad Trip's easily in my bottom 50 movies of all time right now. I should make a list. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to be broad. It's not in my bottom ten. Bad Trips, yeah, horrible. But it's not. I do think Lost of American Crime might be the worst movie. I, I'm struggling to think of a movie that's worse than that movie. That's a good point. That movie is just truly terrible. That movie is just legitimate in every single way. That failed. It's bad in everything. It's just a bad. Movie. Yeah. So Netflix loves making their crappy content. Tristan, do you think there is going to be a We Can Be Heroes two? Whoa, did you just say crappy content? Yeah, no, sorry. I, I worded that wrong. But do you think that we're going to get a sequel? I, 100%. I, yeah, it, that movie was almost like set up for sequels. Or maybe even a television show, actually. yeah, the, That's not the only one. Like, they're not going to make that one movie and not continue with it. Unless it's a big flop. But I, I, don't, I don't know. How popular was it? Like, that's the issue with Netflix. Like, you can't tell how popular movies are on streaming services. Only with box office numbers. So I have no idea. It, assuming it didn't just bomb and no one watched it, I, I think that they were planning on this being more than one. Yeah, uh, I, actually, I think there's a there's like a on Letterbox there's a We Can Be Heroes two page open. So I don't know if it's confirmed or if it's just rumors, but it definitely look. I, I'm pretty confident there is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're gonna be seeing more. This was the week of Netflix. Any other news on your end, Tristan? all i got man all right well that is everything on pop topic this week we'll see you guys next week and have a fantastic day guys